This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, week 16 of the NFL season is underway. We have the Cowboys and Titans Thursday night football. Danny Parkins is off this edition of First and Pod. He got caught up in the Southwest Airlines disaster and got stranded at, I think, Midway Airport in Chicago, not O'Hare, because that's where Southwest flies out of. And he could not find a flight. He had an Airbnb that was booked that I think was a $5,000 reservation that he would not get reimbursed for. So he is out five grand. He is back in Chicago out of spite. He's not doing the podcast. He's so pissed off. So Zach Gelb is here from CBS Sports Radio. Zach only does the podcast when the Titans play Thursday night football. (laughs) So they played earlier against the Packers. He was with us. And now he gets to break down another Titans game here. So... There you go, Zach. How's the By the way, with us? Good? since the last time I was on with you guys, Tennessee has not won since. That was the game against Green Bay where yeah. they impressed a lot of people and they have not won since. What a disaster. So I think that a couple things from the Cowboys' point of view in this game, Zach, the first one for me is if everything is locked up for them, if, if they're – if they're uh, in as the five, if Philadelphia takes care of business against the Saints and they rest guys against Washington, and this is the last time we've seen the Cowboys before they start the playoffs, how do you feel about this Cowboys team's chances of winning a playoff game, Zach? I think they could win a playoff game because I don't trust the Buccaneers if the Buccaneers are the team that they're going up against in the 4-5 matchup. But after that, I have no faith in the Cowboys. There's a reason I call them the drama Dallas choking Cowboys because they've proved me right pretty much for the better part of the last 20 years that in a big spot, they choke. And it was the same thing last year where we thought they were a great team in the regular season and come playoff time, they didn't live up to the hype. It's clear to me, Philadelphia and 49ers are the two best teams in the NFC. Dallas is the third best team in the NFC, but I would not feel great about them uh, going to an NFC title game or even a Super Bowl. Just because of their history? Their history, and then they just haven't been playing clean football as of late. Uh, That defense, which we thought was really great, is not a great defense right now. 
And I just don't trust Dak Prescott in a big spot. I think Dak is a really, really, really good quarterback. I don't think Dak is a great quarterback. So I think things have broken better for them, even though I don't think they've played like an elite team. So they have two wins I think you hang your hat on. That's the week two win against the Bengals when Cooper Rush started and they beat Cincinnati. Now that's a lifetime ago. And the Bengals started 0-2, and they're a different team now. But they still defensively did a good job on Burrow. And then the 40-3 to win against Minnesota. And say what you will about the Vikings, they're obviously overrated. But by Impressive record, they're the second team in the conference. So they don't, get, they don't get punished for losing to Philadelphia on the road because Rush started. But they also don't get credit for beating the Eagles because Minshew started that game. So that's the tricky thing about them. They should, to your point, beat D- Tampa Bay. Even though Brady has all the playoff success and they have all the playoff failure, I would pick them to win that game right now. And I do think potentially things can shift in the right direction and can and can point in the right direction for them with the Eagles rematch. Lane Johnson's hurt. Sirianni called him the best tackle in the league. You probably put Parsons over the right side then. If they play them in the divisional round, if Johnson's not ready, and that's a potential game game wrecker scenario for Philadelphia offensively, Zach. And I still think they're playing things close to the best with Hurts. I don't know. We'll see what happens with them Sunday. We'll get to that game in a little bit. But if you're telling me Jalen Hurts is 75%, he's only played in the one postseason game. They have no as a team. I know there are guys that are still there from the Foles team. But for the most part, it's a new team with a new coach. They don't have a long playoff resume other than guys like Kelsey, maybe, and some of their defensive linemen like Cox and uh, Graham. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think Dan, my point is, I think Dallas could go in right now. I think Dallas could go into Philadelphia and beat them. And I think if they can win that game, they can get to the Super Bowl. See, that's my thing. And I like the way that you laid it out. Even if they beat Philadelphia, I don't trust them consistently enough that in back-to-back weeks, like forget the wild card round because they should win the wild card round to go beat Philadelphia and then go into San Francisco, let's say, and beat the 49ers. I just yeah, but don't it's a seventh round it's pick, Zach. It's a seventh yeah. round pick. Sure. And that roster is a lot better than what the Cowboys have with the way that they're built up front of the offensive line. When you get Debo Samuel back, assuming Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, Brandon Ayuk as well. And then all the pieces that they have in the defensive side of the ball, I think that's a tough ass this year. Now, is it possible? I guess anything's possible with what we've seen in the NFL this year. But I just, until I see the Cowboys playing in the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, I'm going to believe they're not going to be there. Uh, one on Tennessee, Dobbs has to start against Jacksonville next week, right? Over yeah, Kirk Herbstreet almost made it seem like that was definitely going to happen. I thought this was so bizarre to play him tonight because if you play him tonight, that means you have no confidence in Malik Willis. He did a good enough job, so I don't get why all of a sudden you would say what I saw tonight with Dobbs wasn't good enough to then go start him next week in a game where I don't even think it matters who you start. I love Jacksonville in that spot. Vikings and Packers will kick off our Sunday games, uh, Zach. Will Green Bay get the final NFC playoff spot? What do you think? I actually like Minnesota this week. And I know a few weeks ago where Detroit, everyone was looking at that. Oh, Detroit's a two and a half point favorite. Minnesota's getting no respect and Detroit won. I think this is a close game this week. And I think this is a game 
where Kirk Cousins on the road, they're trying to get Justin Jefferson that record to uh, go get 209 uh, receiving yards in the final two weeks of the season. So he breaks the all-time uh, single-season receiving yard mark that has uh, held by Megatron. I actually like Minnesota against all odds because no one thinks it's going to happen to go into Green Bay and get the victory. But the line's only three and a half. Why wouldn't anybody think it's going to happen? <coughs> well, I, I would look at it right now. I, I would think a lot of people are going to be minusing the three and a half points with Green Bay. Uh, like, don't you think they're begging you to take Minnesota this week? So I think a lot of people are then going to go with, with Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Minnesota because if not for Tua's concussion, I don't think that Green Bay wins that game on Sunday. A hundred percent. If he doesn't throw three interceptions, which was probably because of the concussion, they don't win that game. I don't think Green Bay is this wonderful team. And, and I just think it's one of those bets where Vegas is trying to make you, in, in two ways, like they, you look how good Minnesota is and they're trying to make you say, okay, then I'll just take Minnesota. But on the other side, there's all this wave now, of this Packers playoff push. So I think it's a funky line. I'll just take the points of this one. And I don't think people in a big spot expect Kirk Cousins, even though this really is a big spot for him to step up. I'll just trust the names that they have and the consistency on that offense. Uh, I, I think Minnesota, all they've done is win close games. I think they'll do it again. So I'm with you on that. But to my question of will the, the Packers get the last playoff spot? No. So we'll think about this, though, for a second. If they lose and then they beat Detroit next week, that's eight and nine, right? Mm -hmm. So Washington, if they lose their next two, they finish seven, nine, and one. Seattle, I think, I'm going to double check this. I think Seattle has the Jets, they're seven and eight. If they lose that game, they go to seven and nine. Yeah. Uh, the Giants are what, eight, eight and six? So if the no. Giants could lose eight, six, and one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Giants could lose out. And if Green Bay lost this game, the Giants would get the six seed and would still get in, even if they were to somehow lose to the Colts. Giants have nine so wins. They do? I thought they're eight, six, and one. I I'm pretty sure the Giants, I could be but wrong on this. The the only the only th the, the point I'm trying to make is I actually think it's possible that Green Bay could lose on Sunday and still get in at eight and nine. So I actually think they will make the playoffs in some bizarre way because I don't really trust any of the teams that are left fighting for playoff spots in the NFC. Washington, Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. I think it's four teams for one spot. And I think Green Bay could get in at eight and nine. Giants, by the way, eight, six, and one on the, right. the, the, the so the Giants would be the, so the mm -hmm. Giants would be the sixth seed. And that would mean Green Bay could lose to Minnesota and with help get in over Seattle, Detroit, and Washington. That's not out of the question. And if they got in at eight and nine, that would be hilarious if there were two teams with losing records in the playoffs from the NFC and they were quarterbacked by Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I never trust Carson Wentz. I, I can't stand Carson Wentz. But okay. the schedule the next two weeks is very favorable for him. Well, you, play, you play Cleveland, and you know Cleveland, their defense is overrated. It's not good. Offensively, they haven't really been able to do much with Deshaun Watson. And then that final week of the season, 
you play Dallas, but why is if, if Philly clinches everything this week, there's no point for Dallas really to well, play. He was their a ten point favorite against Jacksonville in Week 18 I get last it. year and lost. I get it, and and I was not. I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz. I thought it was stupid what the Commanders did, but there's just something saying that he's going to find a way to get the job done, or more so, his team is going to get the job done in these next two weeks. I'm kind of thinking that. It's well, the Giants are definitely going to be in. We, we know that. Um, I would then, so who's right the now, seven lean, team? I would lean then? Commanders. Commanders, okay. Uh, Steelers and Ravens Sunday night. Should Lamar Jackson play hurt the next two weeks? No, if I'm Lamar, I wouldn't because you don't have a contract right now. Um, and he did not practice on uh, we're recording this on Thursday, he didn't practice on, on Thursday, so I don't think he's going to play. I think it's going to be Tyler Huntley. And this offseason is going to be fascinating to me because if he is on the franchise tag this offseason and they don't get a deal done, I think this upcoming year will be Lamar Jackson's final year with the Baltimore Ravens if they don't get a long-term deal done this offseason. So wait a minute. Let me ask you a question about what you said, though, because the contract. Are you implying that if he had, like, Deshaun Watson's deal right now, do you think he'd be playing against the Steelers Sunday night? I, I don't know how banged up he is, but I think if you're not as close to 100% or 100%, you don't run the risk here. I do think that factors into his mind probably here. Just guessing. Well, I think he should play because I understand that, you know, we're talking about somebody who does not have the peace of mind of, say, Watson or Murray. But let's say he were to suffer... You know, it, it's a PCL injury. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he can damage his PCL anymore. I guess he probably could maybe tear it completely, which it, we know is not as bad as an ACL injury. It's not like it would be Kyler Murray and he'd be out for 10 months or whatever. Let's say he aggravates that and makes it worse and he needs surgery and he's out for like two months, three months. Does that really, is that really like, the end of the world for his contract negotiations no. with the Ravens? I don't think so either. So to me, if I'm Lamar Jackson, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to win a championship. If you don't play the next two weeks and you go into the playoffs having not played in like two months, I give them next to no chance to win four games. None. I think he's got to get some game. I think he's got to get some game action under his belt here in the next two weeks. He's to me, it's clearly not a thing where he's really injured, where it's like it's close, where they're having to basically look at him every day and make a decision: Do we practice him? Do we do we not? Does he play? Does he not? I think it's actually not in his best. I think it's to me short sighted of him not to try to put everything he has into trying to make a playoff run this year. Because if they do win games in the playoffs, Zach, maybe it is a Flacco situation for him where it helps him make money in the long run. He has no playoff success to speak of. So I would want to give myself the best chance to win playoff games. For him, though, I don't think it's going to matter what anything happens the rest of the way on how much money he ends up making. I think he could only go up from here because – some team, if it's not the Ravens, will look at him and say, wow, he won a unanimous MVP in this league, and they will take a, a flyer on Yeah, him but when is that? And two give him the two money. to three years from now? I mean, the, the, the Well, the he could force his way out via trade, couldn't he? 
Couldn't he force himself out via via trade? I know he's on the franchise tag uh, next year, but if the Ravens don't get a long-term deal done after this year and then they go the second year on the franchise tag, you run the risk of getting nothing back for Lamar Jackson if you annoy him that much, and he says, I'm out, I'm leaving. Yeah, I just think the guy's got a lot to prove, and it, to me, it does not strike me as an injury that is, like, career-threatening for him, and I, I would want to be as successful as I can right now. And I, But does I, anything that, that Lamar Jackson does right now, this whole thing, does any of it make sense? We were told when he wants to get the negotiating table done, they're going to be ready for him. Then they don't get the deal done, and, and he said, oh, I was basically, like, ready the entire time, this narrative that – it, when it came down to that conversation of he's so focused on winning a Super Bowl, he doesn't have time to go. Like this whole thing doesn't make sense. So when he hasn't practiced this week, I'm trying to use logic here. And and once again, this is an illogical situation. I'm just going to think he doesn't play this week. Dolphins Patriots is two of the Dolphins starting quarterback week one next year. It's a great question. Based off what he's done this year, he should be. I don't want to get too caught up in the moment in terms of the poor play recently, but then also the health component of this, I would think Tua is playing football next year and he is starting, but I don't think he's going to play another game this regular season. He's not playing this week. And I'd be shocked if they bring him back the week after that. I, it would be a really bad look. I know they're trying to go get to the postseason, but it would be a really bad look if Tua plays in a regular season game again this year. Well, I think this is... I, I think this has the potential to be for him, not not just because of obviously the concussion part of this is hugely important, takes precedence over everything. But what if Bridgewater beats the Patriots, gets them into the playoffs, and you know acquits himself and plays well? I mean, I don't even think they would necessarily need to win their wild card game. The guy is totally capable of doing that. He's like the best quarterback in NFL history against the spread, where he has a reputation for exceeding people's expectations on a historic level. His against the spread record is better than Tom Brady from a win percentage standpoint. So my only thing is, if you're Miami, does Bridgewater play well enough where you're like, well... Now we're adding everything up. It's McDaniel's system. We really don't want to pay Tua in the offseason. They don't have to do it next off. They don't have to do it this offseason. No. They, but, they don't have to pay him this offseason. Now he could try to go get the deal done this offseason. Then you could cause friction between you and your quarterback. But, but does, he really, have a, does is, he really have a leg to stand on to get a long-term extension right now? He does not. He won't. And then the other thing. So then if Bridgewater plays well, he's got even less leverage. And then the other thing is, like, if everything else on that team looks good and looks stable, I just, based on what we know about the owner, I mean, they don't have a first-round pick this year because of his impatience, because of what he tried to do with Brady and Peyton. Like, is he neutered by that, that he's not going to try to force his general manager and coach to be aggressive about bringing some, like, is the Brady thing completely dead because the tampering thing? Would Mike McDaniel look at Brady as an upgrade over Tua? I think he would, even though the guy can't move. But remember, so, I, I do think a big part of the Miami thing was Sean Payton being there, and Sean's not going to be there with 
Mike McDaniel with what he just has been doing. Yeah, but you don't think Mike McDaniel would relish an opportunity to work with Tom Brady, even if the guy's 100 years old? I mean... He could, but maybe it's not as attractive anymore because of of Mike McDaniel being there from the Brady side of it. Maybe Brady wants to team up with Sean. I know Flory's been throwing out this and go to New Orleans. Maybe Brady wants to wind up in San Francisco. We know he wants to wind up there. We'll see if if there's going to be an opening and if they'll be willing to tango. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of options for Brady, but I do think there will be better options than Miami. But what is Miami next year if two is back? Can they win the Super Bowl with him as their no. quarterback? I don't no. think they can either. Right. I, I think their ceiling is a, a wild card team. We know they're not going to win the division as long as Josh Allen has a pulse and he's healthy. They're going to win the AFCs for the foreseeable future. So I do. I think they're ceiling. And, and I never thought... Tua, uh, years ago, I really liked Tua. But with what we saw recently, I thought Tua could be a, a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. He played well at times this year, but then there's also been stretches as of late before the other concussion where he was not performing well. So he's very up and down, and it's a seesaw ride with the guy. All right, speaking of Brady, Panthers and Bucks. if Tampa Bay wins, they clinch the AFC South, even though they've had such a disappointing year. So you just touched on it with Miami. If the Bucs were to lose this game, if they were to lose at home and basically cost themselves a trip to the playoffs because of a loss to a team that fired its coach and traded its best player, Zach, who's going to even want Brady next offseason? Who's oh, I think there will be him? teams that will want Brady because I think people are going to look at this and say, his offensive line was absolutely dog crap this year. I I know Brady has not been playing great football this year, but there will be teams that will be interested in Tom Brady. Maybe it's the 49ers, Tennessee, Las Vegas, uh, just some teams that that come to the top of of the brain right now. But I think there will be a market for Brady. Because remember, there was a conversation about Brady when he left New England. Oh, Brady's done. And I told everyone, look at the offensive line in New England. His offensive line was horrible. I don't think Tom Brady, and I know he's 45, but he's up there in age, after leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns, now all of a sudden is this undesirable quarterback that is falling off the cliff. It's His offensive line's been abysmal this year. Yeah, but we've seen that with Russell Wilson this year. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks in the NFL. Stafford looked like he had fallen off a cliff before he went out for the season. So of the teams you mentioned, who are the ones that have the offensive line that could 49ers. legitimately Okay, so they're just gonna they're just gonna give up on Lance. Well, can't you get the best of both worlds here, maybe? And can't you tell if Brady goes in, let's say, next year plays for the 49ers, let's just say he wins a Super Bowl. Don't you think then Brady walks away and retires and says, Okay, finally, that After is winning? enough. I, I think that's his magical ride off into the sunset moment. I, I, I think that would be enough for him finally to walk away and then start this lucrative deal with Fox. So you sign. So if you're, so if you're San Francisco, you sign Brady to like a one-year deal with dummy shit. So then you get his cap hit lower Yeah, and you have Lance just back him up for a year. And he goes into that situation next year at 46 and tries to win one more. All right. I mean, but who else though, Zach? I mean, Tennessee, no, their line stinks. There aren't good enough weapons there outside of the running back. Vegas has playmakers, but they're going to lose Jacobs. 
and their line is average at best. Jets line isn't that good. Uh, who else? Giants, no. I mean, New just, Orleans with Sean. They don't have a good enough line. But isn't part of when you get Tom Brady that people want to go join Tom Brady? And don't you think they'd be able to enough in an offseason? Well, to my find point, if you lose to freaking Carolina, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't think that I don't think the Brady conversation changes after one game and and one. But I don't understand. I see. I'm I've I've generally been a Brady backer the last few years. I think he's escaped criticism for the most part for the way that team has played this year, and I just don't think that that's right. Based on everything that went on with his personal life, the way that he prepared for this season, the way that he acted early in the season in terms of his dedication to the team and commitment level, the fact that he's immobile and can't move. I think there are plenty of quarterbacks that would have actually played well in that offense this year who could move. But do you think then after just one year, when we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, there's not going to be at least one team. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. I just don't think there's going to be a robust, robust market for him. There wasn't yeah, a robust and, market when he left new England. There was only and that's a handful what, of teams. That's what I started. I, I don't think the market's going to be, an abundance of teams, but there will be a handful of teams that would be interested in some of the teams that we just listed. And I do one last thing on that. I do wonder if Shanahan actually thinks Brady right now is a better quarterback than Lance. Well, I here's the other thing. That. I don't know how much Kyle Shanahan loves Trey Lance because remember, what his do you mean? Best he friend... mortgaged the future for the guy. No. Yeah. But hold on. I wonder how much he was talked into drafting Trey Lance. They made that pick up to three. Remember, his best friend in the world, Chris Sims, as they have those matching tattoos, was the first person to suggest that Mac Jones was going to get drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. And everyone thought, oh, that's uh, Kyle Shanahan in the year of of Chris Sims telling him where he's going to draft. And then eventually I thought he was talked into Trey Lance. And here's the other part. Trey Lance hasn't played football. And here would be the difficult part if you bring in Brady. Trey Lance hasn't played football in three years. North Dakota State, the final year lost because of I know. COVID. Yep. Last year barely played. This year barely played. Then you're asking him to sit another year. That that that's going to be tough on on Trey Lance. But you know, when you bring in Tom Brady, I think Trey Lance can understand it to some extent. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 